Hey, it is great to be with you. We are starting a new series today, and I'm really excited about this. I hope you'll track with us over the next few weeks. We're starting a series today called Essential. Now, here's the funny thing about this series. We're actually going to start this at the beginning of this year, about four or five weeks ago. I can't remember what it is now. Uh, we were going to be starting this series. And, uh, and then the week we were going to start it was the week that everything started changing. And the word essential started becoming a really big part of our vocabulary. One of the reasons I wanted to actually have this series was something I just felt kind of God laying on my heart this year. Uh, because the thing that, I, I don't know, was just feeling at the beginning of this year was just that sense of, I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling where it feels like life is getting so full. And it's almost like the, the closet's getting so full, so crowded, that it's like there's not enough room. There's not enough room to breathe. There's not enough room to figure out what really matters most. The thing I love about the word essential is that it is all about just saying what matters most. What is essential? And this has been such an interesting season because all of a sudden we're constantly asking ourselves what is essential? What jobs are essential? Is work essential? Is where I'm going right now an essential trip, an essential outing? And all of us are kind of having this experience of going like when you boil life down to it, what is essential? And the, the interesting thing is we're not dividing life up into what's good and what's bad. We're not dividing it up into what we, you know, should do or shouldn't do. We're just asking this one simple question over and over. Is this essential? Now, obviously, we've all landed on one thing being essential. I was in a shop this week, and there was still no toilet paper on the shelf. Obviously, a large part of our, uh, the human race is determined this is essential. We must have it and, and plenty of it. But... We're going to begin to think in this series about what, what is essential for life. In particular, what I want you to consider and to reflect on and to think about is what is essential if you are a person who is either a follower of Jesus or you are thinking about what would it look like to follow Jesus. We are given in the scriptures a picture of what is essential in life. What will make for a great and wonderful life, if you will. Jesus said that I have come, that, that people would have abundant life. There is a life that God dreams for us, intends for us. Not necessarily a life free of problems or challenge, but there is a life that he has imagined for us that is abundant and full. And what's interesting is so often uh, the things that are actually essential to step into that life they can get crowded out by other things that may not have been as essential as we thought they were. So over this series, the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at what is essential. What does, from, from God's point of view, from your creator's point of view, from the perspective of the scriptures, what is actually essential in life? I think one of the great gifts of this season is the opportunity to reflect on what is essential in my life. Because... When you are able to focus on that which is essential, you are able to give your most valuable, the most valuable things you have, your time, your energy, your passion, your commitment to the things that matter most, the things that are essential. Now this week, uh, our first week, we're going to kick off with, uh, I think, something that's interesting. Maybe if you're not a person of faith, you, it may not be where your mind might have gone first to say, you know what, I'm sure this is the kind of thing that from God's perspective, is probably essential. And, and you're going to hopefully, I, I hope many of you will be 
glad to hear this. Some will be challenged by it. But one of the things we're going to look at this week that is essential from the perspective of the scriptures is the idea of a little R&R. Now, often when we think of R&R, we might think of rest and relaxation, that kind of thing. But the scriptures are going to paint a slightly different picture. And what I want you to consider today is that if, if we were to bring our lives into kind of the rhythm and cadence of what we see in the scriptures, how might it transform the way we live and experience life? And so we're going to look at a little bit of how God kind of created us and, and created us to operate. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, many of you be familiar, this is uh, the part of the, the scriptures open with this idea that God is creating everything. He's speaking. He's speaking the universe into being. And it tells us that story and pictures it almost like these seven consecutive days that God is creating each day. And then at the end of each day, he stops and he reflects back. In fact, I want you to hear this about the sixth day. It says in Genesis 1:31 that God saw all that he had made. And on the sixth day, he's actually created everything. He's created the world and, and night and day. He's created water and trees and animals. And on the sixth day, he's created humanity. And, and he says, God saw all that he had made. And it was good. It was good. And there was even, and it was not just good, but it was very good. Once he sees it all done, the work of his hands, this masterpiece that he has created, his six days of work, and he steps back. And at the end of that day, as he did each day, he says, it, he always says it's good. But on this day, he says it was very good. It's just as he wanted it to be. And it says, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Now, here's what I want you to see right here. The, the picture of the scriptures is that you and I, human beings, are made in the image of God. We are made in his likeness. And so what that means is when we're trying to understand what it means to be kind of fully human, we should look to God and we can learn from him. We are not God and we cannot, you know, we cannot be God, but we are made in his likeness to image him, to reflect him in this world. And what we find in these uh, verses is that God is a working God. He's a creating God. From the moment that the scriptures open, he's taking what is chaos and formless and he's forming it and shaping it. He's working. And we are made in his image. We are made likewise to, to work and do things that, that are productive and that create things and form and shape and make something out of this world that he made. But what we see in these verses is that if we are going to also image God, one of the things that God does here is he reflects on his work. Here's what our first R is going to be. That I believe this is essential in your life. If you want to live a fulfilling life, if you want to live the abundant life that Jesus invites us into, is that we have to build space into our lives for reflection. You see, God comes to the end of the day and of what he's done. And you know what he does? He doesn't just go, whoo, big day at the office. You know, made, made people today. Big day. I think I deserve a little bit of a break. You know, put my feet up, chill out for a bit. It says instead, he reflects. See, we often are, are good at relaxing. We sometimes think that at the end of a, a, a big day of work, maybe the most important thing we could do is to relax. But what we see in the scriptures is that a key part of image of God is being able to be people who can actually reflect on what we're doing. Do you know, uh, one of the, 
things I often, if I'm, I'm coaching leaders, people who want to grow as a leader, grow their capacity in whatever they're doing. I, I, I heard this once, and I always in, invite and encourage people to do it, to first get a, a, a journal, get some paper where you can start writing your reflections on what you're learning as you lead. I heard, because one of the pictures I always think is really helpful is that if you want to grow, if you want to develop in whatever you're doing, you need to have kind of two shoes on. And one shoe is action. And that's where you do things. And we're, as humans, we learn by doing, and we're meant to do things. So we always need to have an action shoe on. But the other shoe we need to have on is reflection. And if you both act and reflect, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to start moving. If all you ever do is act, 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 it's almost like you're missing half the process to keep growing and to keep learning and to keep getting better at whatever it is you're trying to get better at. And so we actually, I believe all of us, we benefit from, we are able to figure out what is essential and to keep growing, I guess, almost the, the goodness of the life we're experiencing when we don't just act, 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 but when we act and reflect. Do you ever stop and reflect on what you're doing? All of us, our work looks quite different. Our work might be a job that we're paid for, employment. Our work might be what we give ourselves to in our home. Our work might be what we're giving ourselves to in our study. There's all, work isn't about just this paid thing, but it's what do you give yourself to in life? Can I ask you something? When's the last time you reflected on the work of your hands and took maybe time to both delight in it and say, this is good, or to look and say, you know what, here's how I think I could do that better. Or is that what I wanted to give, you know, all of my time to? Do you know, I remember at the beginning when a lot of the kind of isolating was starting to happen in Europe. I remember hearing early on uh, that the governments were having to lobby Netflix to stop streaming in high definition. They were asking them to put it into standard definition because so many people are home and streaming so much stuff that they were concerned about its impact on the Internet. And eventually they, they, you know, did some things and uh, tried to get to, okay, can we put defaults on standard def? But what I just found fascinating about that is it's like as human beings, as soon as somebody's like, go, go home, it's almost like our first instinct is, what can I watch? What can I look at? How can I relax? I am not anti-relaxing. I'm not anti-saying you shouldn't find some things you enjoy. But what I think can be missing in and as followers of Jesus and people who want to live out the scriptures, one of the things that we will miss out on is if all we ever do is relax and distract ourselves, then our lives will just follow the same kind of current as everything around us. But I believe God wants our lives to look different. Our lives should not just follow the same current that kind of culture and the world around us pushes us in. Our lives are supposed to reflect uniquely God and his image and his character in this world. And one of the ways that we will grow in our capacity to make sure that what we are giving our lives toward is what God would have us give our lives toward is to just figure out how do we build reflection into our life? How do we build reflection into our day? How do we create space where we aren't just doing, 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 doing in a culture that encourages us to do, 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 go, 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 and then uh, crash? How do we be people who do and who reflect and who consider the work of our hands. You know, God pushes this uh, a little bit further for us. 
not only is reflection essential, I believe reflection, reflecting on your life, reflecting on, on, on how you spend your time and your energy and, and actually finding a way to build that in. It says that this is what happens on the seventh day. By the seventh day, Genesis 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. You know, wherever you are, let me hear you say rested. You know, rest is a powerful idea that we're going to unpack a little as we go. God rested from his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating he had done. You know, this is a concept that is called Sabbath, and it's this idea that God, when he created on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. For six days, he had been creating, he had been working. But then, it's almost like he built into the universe this rhythm. Work, and work, and work, and rest. And on the seventh day, he rested from it all. And not only that, but it says he took that day and he blessed the seventh day. Do you know what? I, I want you to, to begin to consider today that what if there is something to this idea that we're going to keep seeing in the scriptures of actually how God has blessed this idea of a day where you rest from your work. And God, it says he made it holy. That is, is almost like things, this is the first thing in the scriptures that God said he, he makes holy. We might think that God would have gone, you know what, this mountain will be holier, that place will be holier, this thing will be holier, that thing. As humans, we often try to make certain things holy. Yep, that should be special and set aside. God blesses first and makes holy a sense of time. That actually this day is not to be like every other. Now, here is what I, I want you to see about this idea what I think we need to begin to wrestle with and grapple with. If we're going to live lives that are full of the things that are essential, that God, the God whose image we are created in, he gives us this rhythm. He gives us this pattern that he stops from all the work he's been doing and he rests from it. Now I want you to Understand this, God didn't rest because he was exhausted. God is infinite and all-powerful. And this idea of rest is not that he needed to just kick back and have some me time. It is nothing like that. But rather, I think he was allowing and, and shaping for us this picture that life is not about just doing, 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 doing. Life is not about just work, 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 work. There should be a different rhythm. And even the great God of the universe took time to step back and just almost, it seems like, delight himself in his creation. Do you know one of the uh, kind of funny things happening, I've seen a lot of memes about it, is this idea of almost like every day starts to feel the same. I've seen pictures that kind of scratch out, you know, like Sunday, the, the S-U-N and the M-O-N of Monday and all the days, this is like days. All we got right now are days. Everybody's days. We don't necessarily have the same structures in our weeks. Many people are experiencing that. So it's almost like are every day just the same or what? You know what? In some ways, all of us, I think it's highlighting a danger that we've experienced in kind of modern life full stop, which is that it's just like 
Is any day ever different than the others? Sometimes we just work all week in a job and then we transition from working in paid employment to just working in our house. You know, the idea of resting is not just take a break from your paid employment. It's the idea of a quality of life that is fundamentally different. Where you make a choice to say, I am going to rest from my work. Now, if you're somebody who loves to work, believe me, I'm with you. I am somebody, I, like, I, I, I love being productive. I love working to the same kind of challenge that maybe many of you experience. That it was hard for me to go, I'm gonna, just going to stop and rest. But what I know from this passage is that at some point, work is good. God worked for six days. You know, we're all taking a couple days off sometimes, we think. God worked for six days, but he says it's almost like he builds into the rhythm of the universe. Rest. Just can't be work, work, work. Do you know, this isn't a message about, if you're somebody who's familiar with the scriptures or been around church for a while, you'll know this. Sometimes the whole idea of Sabbath, this day that God says to rest, it can actually become almost like a battleground. And people think you should do it this way or you should do it that way or this time or that time. This is not about, oh, here's the rules of how it should be done exactly. But what I want every person to consider is that are you building rest into your life? Rest is not distraction. Rest is delighting in God's creation. Rest is when you go, I don't have to be productive right now and get that project done, that job done, that actually I need to carve out space in my life, time which is sacred and holy and different than other time, that I just delight in who God is, in his creation, and who, in the work that he's given me to do that I realize I don't need to keep doing it because actually I'm not the center of the universe. He is. This is what Sabbath rest is about. Do you know it's one of, you know how essential this idea is? That God, when he was giving his people the Ten Commandments, uh, that really better said in many ways, the Ten Words, like this is what it looks like to be my people. He's like, I'm going to boil it down. We give 10 kind of fundamental key things that will be essential to be my people. And, and a lot of them are like, oh, of course, you know, do not murder. Yep, that makes sense. Yep, good. With you on that. You know, don't steal. Don't covet. Yep, we see all. And observe the Sabbath. The fourth command. In fact, I want to read it to you. Before the Ten Commandments start, in verse 1, this is the introduction to the Ten Commandments. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. Now, here's what I want you to get. This is the background of the story. You got uh, the people of Israel. These are the people of God. They've spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt. And as slaves, they've got a king. His name is Pharaoh. And Pharaoh tells them what to do. And Pharaoh, he is, they are his workforce. And what you'll see if you read the story is that Pharaoh is always like, work, 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 work. And even when Moses shows up and starts to say to Pharaoh, hey, let me take him out into the desert for like a really sweet worship session. It's going to be awesome. And Pharaoh's like, no, you can't take them from their work. And the more Moses presses, the more Pharaoh's like, I'm going to make their work harder. And where we used to give them straw to make their bricks, I'm going to say, no more. Get your own straw. Work, work, work. Harder, harder, harder. This is what they've known of life. And God says, before he's going to give them these commands, I want you to know I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. 
In other words, don't live. You're not going to live like you did back then. And I'm not a king like you had to serve back there. And watch what he tells him in the fourth commandment. He says, I want you to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. He says, I want you to remember the Sabbath day, that seventh day, the one where you just rest from your work. Because you're not in Egypt anymore. You don't have to keep working, working, working. And he says, you're not going to, you can labor, you can do your work on six days, but on the seventh, it's a Sabbath to the Lord. And you won't do, don't do any work. And then in verse 11, he says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, all that's in them. But he rested on the seventh day. And therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, made it holy. We just read that. We know that. But I want you to see this picture. Do you know what is so, why rest is such a big deal? We think often of times, we don't think of rest as essential, if we're honest. We might think it's nice. We might think it'd be a good thing. But in what it looks like for you to follow Jesus as your king, have you ever thought of rest as not a negotiable, but essential? That actually, maybe it's how, it's not a law like, a, hey, if you break this law, this, it's a law like gravity. That actually he designed the, the, the whole world and the universe to operate a certain way. He designed you to work a certain way. And the way you're meant to work is to be someone who works, but someone who rests. Who experiences sacred time. Where you say, you know what? See, here's, here's the thing. Here's what I, what I hope you get out of this. Here's what I, I think all of us would do well to see. We live in so many ways in Egypt. We live in a time in history and in culture where it's like work, 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 do, 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 do. And don't take a break. It's, I know it's Saturday, but you've got to get that project done on your house. You've got to get that renovation done on your house. Or you've got to get it fixed up so you can sell it and get into the next house. Or you've, we live in a, it, it's not just like I'm saying our jobs. We just live in a world, no, you need that thing. You know what thing? I don't know, but you need it. And, and, and we live where we're constantly told this, but do you know what? We make a fundamental choice to say, I, I serve a different master when we choose to say, I rest. When we choose to say, I don't need to have it all in my hands because it's all in his hands. And when we do that, it's about more than just, no, I kick back, I distract, or I just divert my attention. But there is some sense, and I, I can't tell you exactly uh, the point of Sabbath. I don't think it's go, here's the rules and here's how you do it. But I can tell you this, it's meant to be a time of delight. Where you delight yourself in God, in his creation, in relationships, in, in, in meals. And it is meant to be like a, a feast and a festival. It's meant to be different than every other day. There's meant to be some space in our life where we rest. You know, I, I love the, uh, in um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul writes these words. And he was dealing with a bunch of other legalistic issues at the time. People trying to put rules around, it's about this or it's about that or do it like this or do it like that. And Paul says in Galatians 5, 1, that it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. You know, and, and in, in that, so, and he says, so don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Can I tell you something? Right now, I think we have an unprecedented opportunity to begin to reflect on our lives and to think about what is essential. 
And I want to encourage you to begin to ask yourself this. What will it look like for me to make rest and reflection essential in my life? Is it possible that you find yourself at times on a treadmill just trying to keep up? Go, go, go. And the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And maybe God would want to say to you, I want you to begin to cultivate rest, not distraction. I think we're good at that. Not just relaxation, but genuine rest for your soul. What I really believe is that as we create the space to do this and to delight in God and to get ourselves in rhythm with how he created us to live, here's what I believe that that rest that enters our heart starts to flow out of us into the other six days a week, into the rest of our time. And we begin to carry something of God's presence in a unique way as we walk closely with him. You know, here's my invitation to you. The, the band's gonna come up in just a moment. And as they play a song, here's what I wanna encourage you to do is to take this next few minutes while you're listening and just to begin to ask yourself, begin to have a conversation with God about what does rest look like in my life? What does rest and reflection look like in my life? Begin to ask him, is this something I need to really uh, give some thought to, attention to, and focus to? Are there things that he begins to bring to mind for you going, you know what, here's... Here's some of the stuff that's so cluttering your life that you're missing out on the essential of rest and reflection. And so I want you to spend this next few minutes. This song is called Creator. It's a great reminder that you were made by a creator. You're created to work. That's good. You're created to be productive. That's good. But in his image, you are created to rest in him as well. So I want you to think about, maybe ask this question for yourself. Maybe write down, if you got some paper, grab a pen, write things down or take some notes. But just, just start to ask yourself, what could rest and reflection look like in my life over the next seven days? What would you like it to look like? What would you dream it to look like? Just begin to listen to the things that he opens your eyes to. I wanna pray for you as you do and then spend a few minutes in reflection. Do you know what I, I really believe can happen? Do you know one of the things that's, that, and, and it doesn't take away from the incredible, extraordinary challenges and difficulties that so many people are facing and I don't know where you are in watching this, there's extraordinary difficulties that people are facing. But as everyone has been forced to pull back and move towards just what's essential in my life, you know, there's just fascinating things going on. You know, in Los Angeles, a city known for all the smog and air pollution, 80% of traffic has been cut back, and now they have found that the air is cleaner than it has been for so long. In fact, one of the, uh, one of the particles that is in the air and has dropped by 50%, and it's, a, and it's a particle or a thing, I'm not a scientist, you can look it up, but this thing that's dropped so dramatically is a thing that was often responsible for many respiratory diseases and illness. And, and pictures of different cities of the world. I've seen pictures in places in India and Los Angeles where the air is cleaner and clearer than it has been for so long. I just say all that to say this, imagine this. You know what rest does? It gives you clarity. 
None of us can see when we're going a thousand miles an hour. We don't even know what's essential anymore. But God's gift of rest, reflection, it, he's calling us to it. He's like, it's, it's woven into the universe. I made it this way to be able to see clearly. You've got to be able to rest. And maybe in this season is some things are or maybe this is the ideal time to stop and to begin to see your life in a way you never have before. And to begin to think about what, do, what would I want my life to look like? And one of the essentials on that journey is to embrace rest, reflection. I wanna pray for you as you do a little bit of reflecting in this next few minutes. Would you bow with me? God, I wanna pray very simply and very directly that as people begin to reflect on their lives, that the Holy Spirit, you begin to speak to them and nudge them. I pray that 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 river of life that you promise your spirit to be in our lives, we would begin to be able to, to clear the air enough, to clear the debris, to allow that river of life to flow. God, I pray that you do something new in people's lives today, that as they embrace rest and reflection, that you will begin to shape their heart, their life. They will experience your blessing in a brand new way. In Jesus' name, lead them as they pray.